Blog Talk Radio. Oh, that sound. I'm still typing out tweets for the show, but I'll be with you in one second. This is Federal Baseball. Uh, Nats Nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Redison. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals 4-1 win in AT&T Park. Hold on one second, Dave. Just talk about some stuff while I finish tweeting. Well, <laughs> I don't know that we even... I was going to say, I don't even know that we need to have a show tonight. The game was so boring that uh, there's really nothing to talk about. <laughs> uh, hold on, I got it. Oh, no. We cut right to the eighth inning. That's when everything got really exciting. Oliver Perez on with a 4-1 lead. Then our fan bunts his way on, collides at first with Clint Robinson, but stays in there. Angel Pagan. Hits a blooper out the left field for another single. Two on, no one out. They bring on uh, Blake Trinan to face Buster Posey. He starts 0-2 up, up on Posey, ends up walking him four straight pitches in the dirt. They load the bases with no one out. Double switch by Dusty Baker at that point. Uh, Brian Zimmerman comes in to play first. Sammy Solis comes out of the mound. Brandon Crawford at the plate. Lines to first base. Ryan Zimmerman catches it there, steps on thir- on first, throws the third, 3-3-5 three, three, double play, which is apparently the first in MLB history. It is definitely the first in Nationals history, 2005 through present for a triple play. Uh, they always say you never know what you're going to see when you're watching a baseball game, but I definitely was not expecting an inning-ending 3-3-5 three, three, double play there. I certainly haven't seen that before. No, you know, mostly – uh, here recently, the Nets' troubles have been in the ninth inning. Today it was the eighth inning. Um, you know, it looked like here we go again type of thing. But, I mean, Crawford couldn't have hit that ball any harder, um, you know, and, and, you know, one foot shorter. And, you know, maybe Zimmerman is able to pull off a double play. The run will still score. But um, but Zimmerman's able to, to catch it off the top of his shoes, outraces Posey to first base, and then, um, and then the lob over there to Rendon to complete the triple pay. Uh, apparently, Denard Spann must have thought the ball hit the ground because he was uh, at home plate uh, by the time that they completed the triple play. Just, um, you know, just ridiculously opportune for the Nats there that it broke the way that, that it did because, uh, you know, they were in the process of blowing another, um, you know, save length lead here tonight, this time just in the eighth inning. But, um, you know, wow. You know, for the first triple play in, in team history since the move, um, you know, baseball history, the first three three five triple play in baseball history, you know, it's just uh, um, you wonder um, when, when, when these things happen, you just, you just wonder, um, you know, how people find baseball boring when, when, when something like this can happen anytime you go to the ballpark. It's just a um, tremendous thing to, to be able to watch and to be a part of here tonight. I was wondering if you were going to say that when you see things like hap- that happen, you start to wonder if this is a team of density or not. But is it wrong that when I was watching that, all, all I was thinking was Ryan Zimmerman going to throw it across the field? I was like, please don't throw this one away. <laughs> no, I, 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 he, everybody's got it perfectly uh, perfectly within their right to feel that way. It wasn't a particularly good throw. I mean, he, he had to side, uh, you know, sidestep. And, and then sidearm it, and he kind of lobbed it, you know, shot-putted it over there. And Rendon had to bend over to to, to make the catch and, and to go back to the bag. So, it, I mean, it wasn't – it was by no means a sure thing. It was it was helped out by the idea that Span was standing on home plate watching it happen. Um, but still, Ryan Zimmerman's a first base in them because he can't throw anymore. So, uh, until it was over, it wasn't over. 
they took that 4-1 lead into the ninth inning. I was pretty sure we were not going to see Jonathan Papelbon come out to the mound. There was some talk before the game how they're going to get him checked out, make sure that he is healthy. They don't know that anything's wrong, but velocity dropped last night. There's definitely a reason for concern. They are saying they're going to get him checked out. Some speculation on whether he's going to end up on the DL for what would just be the second time in his career, but nothing for sure on that right now. They have to bring up a pitcher tomorrow and make room, so we'll see what the Nationals do going forward. But with Pavel Bond not there, Felipe Rivero gets the ball, two-out single by Gregor Blanco with a right-handed bat coming up. They bring Sean Kelly on to face him. He gives up another single. It starts to look scary again, but Eduardo Nunez in his first step out with the Giants after they acquired him from the Twins ends up striking out. Uh, you think we're going to – I was hoping it was going to kind of be Felipe Rivero in there. Um, my brother was asking for fantasy purposes. I know no one cares about your fantasy team, but he was asking who I thought might end up as the closer there, and I kind of said I'd like to see Felipe Rivero get a shot at it. I think the challenge of it might kind of bring out the best in him, but uh, you think Dusty Baker's just going to mix and match. He was a little uh, – cryptic before the game about how they're going to handle the ninth inning if it's not Papelbon, but Felipe Rivero and then Sean Kelly, I uh, think we're going to see this mix and match going forward or one guy just get it? Well, I think if they don't end up trading for the quote-unquote established closer, uh, I think we'll probably see Baker play matchup for the most part, leaning towards Kelly being the last guy. Um, it was opportune for him tonight that the Giants had so many left-handers in a row left-handed hitters in a row that he could go to Rivera with full confidence to, to face the lefties, um, knowing that he had Sean Kelly warming in the pen if and when uh, Rivera ran into trouble, gave up the one hit. Baker decided, okay, this is where I'm going to go to him. Um, you know, Nunez really bailed Kelly out there. It wasn't a particularly good slider, but uh, but he swung over top of it anyway and, um, and was able to get the strikeout to end the game. Yeah, Kelly's got closer stuff. I mean, he's got um, he's got a big fastball. He's got a, he's got a wipeout slider. Um, he's always had um, really good strikeout numbers. Uh, early in his career, he had trouble with with giving up walks. He's refined that even. Um, he gets a little hittable every once in a while. Sometimes the fastball flattens out and it's hittable. But this is a guy that's got closer stuff. Um, the, the biggest problem with Kelly, of course, is his injury history and the Nats' reluctance to use him two, three, four days in a row. Nobody wants to, to go to a closer four days in a row anyway, um, but but they really don't even like to pitch Kelly back-to-back games. So um, his his effectiveness as a closer is limited to that. But I really think you're going to see Baker try to do uh, a matchup as best he can, you know, with Trinan in the mix, with, with Rivero in the mix, with the idea that Kelly's his, his um, you know, end game uh, maybe not traditional closer, but kind of a security blanket back there. Max Scherzer on the mound. His last 10 starts before tonight, 5-2, a 171 ERA, 165, 213, 289 line against, 13 walks, 91 Ks, and 68 in the third. Two earned runs or less in nine of those 10 outings. Uh, back-to-back two-out hits in the second with Gregor Blanco, who kind of owns Max Scherzer apparently driving in a run, one nothing at that point. He's up to 57 pitches after three. You start to worry if his pitch count's going to get run up again, but settled in nicely after that. Just one earned run through six innings, 94 pitches. He comes back out for the seventh and finishes him off. A, kind of a long inning there, leaves him at uh, 116, I think, total. I'm just double-checking myself. Yeah. yeah, 116, 81 pitches, seven 
seven innings total, five hits, one run, one earned run, two walks, six Ks, another solid start by Max Scherzer, ERA down to 285 on the year, uh, 11 and six so, uh, after gets the win tonight, and just another impressive run, uh, outing by Max on what's been a really strong run. Yeah, you know, didn't put up the gaudy strikeout total, so he only had six and seven innings, but um, only gave up five hits. He had the, the two walks there. A really impressive job there in, in the in the, in the seventh inning, I, I thought, uh, um, you know, he, he was wearing down, tiring out. Um, you know, he, he gave up the walk and then, um, you know, just really buckled buckled down and um, and got, you know, the strikeout of Trevor Brown. He's the, the backup catcher. Um, and then the flat from, from Pena to end the inning. Just I just thought it was, um, um, you know, good to see him, you know, still have – that in him there that late in the game. But, but once again, just another tremendous performance by Scherzer. Um, you know, this, this Nats team is, is really built on the strength of its starting pitching. Um, and, and any time that you can run Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg or even this year Tanner Roark, you run these guys out there, they're going to give you seven strong uh, and give you an opportunity to win the game. If the Nats can, you know, either either find, the, you know, that quote-unquote proven closer or – um, you know, figure out what's going on in the bullpen. Um, you know, this, this is this is a good ball club. I mean, they now have the second best record in baseball. Um, I got into a Twitter argument the other day that this the, the guy said this team isn't built for the postseason, but it's a veteran ball club. It's got some dynamic younger players, terrific starting pitching. Um, you know, you find another piece for the bullpen, and and this team is as good as anybody. And and honestly, you know, if the Nats were to meet the Cubs in the, in the NLCS. Um, you know, it, for me, it's a toss-up. The Cubs are, yes, a very good team, um, but the Nats are older, more experienced. They've got the veteran manager. I, you know, it, it, for somebody to say this team isn't built for the postseason really isn't paying a whole lot of attention. Jeff Samard on the mound for the Giants tonight. Uh, Four-plus earned runs in five of his last six starts going into this. 7-2-9 ERA, a 2-9-4, line, and 33 in the third inning pitched over that rough stretch. Uh, yeah, the three three eight three ERA versus the four four three ERA uh, home and road split. Ramos double uh, the first hit off of him early, worth singles in the fourth to drive Ramos in one to one. Wilmer Dipo, who was uh, inserted into the lineup tonight at short, uh, double and a run scored in the fifth to make it two to one at that point. RBI triple by Murphy three to one, worth double. Rendon single in the sixth four to one at that point. He kind of ended up knocking uh, Samarja around here, noting his numbers recently. I'm not too surprised how it ended up, but a good pitcher out there on the mound. The Nationals got to him again for a second second win in two nights here in 18-T. Yeah, you know, first off, you mentioned the Murphy triple um, pulled up and left the game. There's quotes coming out of the, um, the clubhouse after the game saying that Murphy's leg tightened up the same one that he had trouble with um, earlier because of the cold temperatures and, um, he said it, he felt it last night too. So hopefully this isn't something that ends up sidelining a Murphy again, because we all know how important he's been to this team. But um, you know, Jeff Samarja, uh, you know, I really thought uh, this is a guy that, that I thought was going to kind of follow Matt Scherzer's career arc. You know, he's got he's got all the stuff um, early on in, in Scherzer's career. Just he had trouble harnessing it. Uh, finally figured it out. I really thought Samarja was going to follow that same path, but it really hasn't happened for him. He's he, he's a good pitcher. He's got really good stuff. Um, just hasn't really put it really all together and, and, and excelled the way um, the way Scherzer has. And, and every time I, I, I see him pitch in person now, I just wonder why this guy isn't better than he is because 
Um, you know, he's got four really good pitches. He's got a good demeanor on the mound. Um, it just seems like he just either, um, you know, there's just that the little tick that, 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 you know, pitchers or hitters are able to pick it up. They can pick up his spin or whatever. It just, it just it doesn't work out for him all the time. But, uh, um, but yeah, the Nats were able to get enough offense against him tonight. Again, they didn't knock him around or anything, but, uh, um, but got enough to, to get the job done. Before the game, I'm definitely wondering what Dusty Baker is doing with his lineup. Uh, Wilmer Dyfo in at short, as we mentioned. Ben Revere back on top. Trey Turner gets the night off. Uh, he ends up coming on late as a defensive replacement. But uh, I'm surprised by Dyfo. I think more than anything, he's called up uh, recently when, uh, when what's his name? Stephen Drew went on the DL. Yeah. A pretty unevent. Stephen uh, Drew, yes, having a pretty uneventful minor league season this year, kind of a step back from what he'd done the last kind of few years when he earned his way uh, up to the majors. But he comes through with a big hit there. He gets knocked down by some chin music from Samarja. He comes right back and doubles off him, which you really like to see from a young kid. But uh, a lot of joking about him being showcased at this point and trying to you know make get him up here and get a nice run and maybe convince someone to take a chance on him at the trade deadline. But uh, talk about Dusty Baker pushing the right, uh, all the right buttons here, getting Dyfo in there. He comes up big, scores a run, and then, you know, one of four they score on the night. And as an impressive game, pretty much. Uh, I like what I've seen from him over the years. His numbers, as I mentioned, in Double A this year aren't too impressive, but comes up and adds something to the team tonight. Yeah, you know, he's only hitting 255 with 320 on base percentage, uh, you know, for Double A this year. 26 steals, caught 11 times. Uh, you, you, for a guy that, that runs a lot, you'd like to see a better stolen base percentage. But he really put himself on the map in 2014 with a big year for Hagerstown. 14 homers, 90 RBIs, 49 steals, and only nine caught. Uh, he hit 315 with a 360 on base. So, you know, he really put himself on the map. You mentioned the, the, the cup of coffee uh, in 2015. Um, just not particularly good this year. He's come on a little bit of late. It was terrible, terrible in April. So uh, he's kind of playing his way back. But his, his prospect stock has definitely dropped. And um, I was surprised when he got the call up when, when Drew went on the disabled list. Um, maybe it's an opportunity yeah. for, for him and the team both to, to get him up here. And, um, you know, he, he certainly would be one of those guys that would be a, a candidate for, um, you know, a, a second or third piece as part of a trade. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know, he, he came through today. Um, you like to see a young guy that, that does get a chance um, to do good. Um, it, but, yeah, absolutely quizzical that, that Trey Turner was left out of the lineup in place for um, for an injury replacement like this, though. I, yeah, I'm just assuming he came up because he's on the 40-man roster. It doesn't require an extra move to get him up there. But I haven't heard any explanation for why he was the choice there. But when he has a good game like he did tonight, we'll take it. We got about a minute left here. Just get your quick take on some of the rumors from today. There's a ton of traffic today because there are a lot of rumors going around there. Rumor number one: uh, John Morosi of uh, MLB Network and Fox. I know everyone wants to dismiss this, but this is a national reporter on the station that cover Major League Baseball on an everyday basis, saying that a source told him there is a talk of a Giolito for. Uh, Andrew Miller's straight-up trade, which I really hope the Nationals would never actually do, actually do. But uh, what do you make of that one first, and then we'll move on to the second big rumor of the day. I share your opinion. I don't think you ever trade a closer for a, for a starting pitcher straight up, um, especially a starting pitcher who is universally heralded as the top right-handed starting pitcher prospect 
in all of baseball. I mean, I know Andrew Miller is a very good reliever, um, you know, big left-handed arm at the back of a bullpen, but at the end of the day, he's just a reliever. I, I know that the, the Nats uh, need something in the ninth inning, that they need to have um, somebody that they can feel reliable there at the back end of the bullpen, um, but not at the cost of the top right-handed pitching prospect in all of baseball. Yeah. Rumor number two with the asking price from Miller and some of the other guys so high out there, uh, Wade Davis included, but he's included in this rumor. Uh, reports that the Nats were talking to the Royals about Davis, the Pirates, the second option there, Mark Melanson. I think he's a guy who's going to be a free agent. You probably don't have to give up nearly as much to get him. No, I, I, I agree. I think Wade Davis was going to cost a, a King's ransom as well. I mean, the, the Kansas City Royals build their team um, on their bullpen. They, they kind of build it backwards. And obviously Davis is a really big part of that. So I think he would cost not as much as Miller, but, but pretty close. Um, I think Melanson certainly an option, um, you know, especially since, uh, um, you know, the way that some of the reporters were describing it, that they would be looking for, quote, a seventh inning arm back in the deal. Um, you know, if it takes a package of something like Eric Fetty or, or another um, of that second tier starters and a pitcher like, you know, like, like, like Trinan or, um, you know, something, something like that to, to, to get a proven close of what my, Mark, Mark Melanson. I think you take a deal like that. Um, I think David Robertson from the White Sox is still an option. Um, Robertson's owed an awful lot of money. I think if the Nats took on the money, they could get Robertson for an even lesser prospect. So um, I, I like those types of, uh, of options as, as opposed to uh, giving away uh, the, the top right-handed starting pitching prospect in all of baseball to the New York Yankees for crying out loud. Hashtag stop trading Giolito. 61 and 42 on the year after the win. Ronaldo Lopez versus Jake TV tomorrow, 4.05, a much reasonable, much more reasonable start time after two 10 o'clock games the last few nights. It's now 2.15 in the morning. I'm out of here. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. I'll talk to you after tomorrow night's game, hopefully, sir. Get some sleep, everybody. Doghouse is going out.